0: What are our main concerns about Arizona basketball next year? And talking a little bit of NBA and how the Cats have performed. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke, joined by the great John Schuster. I have been in Los Angeles for the last week. John Schuster has not. He has been here in California, or uh, in uh, Arizona.
1: I've been in California. Hello, John Schuster. Hello, uh, Mike Luke. The beauty of this is that we can be anywhere. And right now, you are where you are, and I am where I am.
0: All right, I'm going to say this real quick. As somebody who doesn't travel a ton, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this. I understand the allure of the surrounding counties of L.A. I in no way, shape, or form understand the allure of living, and we and I have talked about this, living in L.A. County itself. L.A. County does absolutely nothing for me. And by nothing, I mean less than nothing. I will live in Tucson every day of the week before L.A. County.
1: And Tucson is a hellscape. Uh, laid out in many of the same ways, with a lot of neighborhoods that are going to crap uh, or have gone to crap, and that is expanding. And Los Angeles is ahead of the curve. Los Angeles is basically Mad Max. Uh, but if you can stay in, in a lot of the very nice suburbs, as you did, because you were all hoity-toity, then uh, I did. you know that that is that is a way to approach it. But uh, in the summer of Hellscape. Uh, That is uh, basically uh, the end of your travel log. But it's very important for folks who might be going to Southern California. Now they know yet again that Mike Lucas told them L.A., no, surrounding areas and Orange County, see.
0: And our good friend Kevin Woodman says hello to everybody out there. Kevin appreciates all the support and all the love, so throwing that out there as well. All right. Let's talk a little bit of uh, NBA Summer League, which you've watched none of, and I've watched a little bit of. But I'm going to tell you essentially what happened, what's happened, and I'm going to give you, and I'm going to get your take on if you're surprised, if you're, you know, Ben Matherin has impressed a lot of people out there from his ability to score the basketball to his physical prowess out there, and his passing has also impressed some people. He looks like a guy that people are very enthused by and is going to play major minutes. Are you at all Are, are you at all surprised by that?
1: Not in the least. And uh, I'm also not surprised that uh, Matherin is maybe getting, I don't want to say the better of Ivy, but I know, I, and I like Ivy a lot, the kid out of Purdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, uh, you I, do. I was fascinated that... Ivy was more highly regarded across the board than Matherin was. And that, that, that to me, was kind of one of those things where maybe, and you, you talk about this quite a bit in a variety of formats, how the Big Ten gets a little bit more love than perhaps it deserves. And the, uh, the love affair with Ivy over Matherin was often curious to me. And I thought Matherin could be a better player. And it seems that so far that, uh, you know, without playing an actual game, um, right. has done very well up to this stage, which does not surprise me at all. The other thing that I think is kind of interesting as a result, it feels to me like Indiana has done a lot of good things and that they're a, that, that they are a team that is poised to set itself up really well, to be favorably competitive for the foreseeable future.
0: Okay. Now let's talk to and Terry. He's looked, um, people have seen what he can do as far as his passing. He's turning the ball over a lot. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not really surprised by a ton of it because he's a guy. If you draft, he's very raw. You're expecting a couple years, and you and I both are on record as saying that we think he's going to be the best player from this team, and we both like Ben Mather in a great deal. But you know, Terry was still at the end of the day a guy that averaged eight points, four rebounds, and four assists last year. You could clearly see the talent and what he could do. But I always felt if you drafted him in the first round, you're probably taking this as essentially a redshirt year.
1: And that's okay. And, mm-hmm. and, and and he is a player that can help with depth, and he's a good character guy. And uh, once I think he gets to the point of understanding and recognizing that he has a skill set that can play, right. I think then he he won't press as much as he probably is at this stage where he's likely probably just trying to impress too much. And uh, once he gets comfortable with the belief that he can play and play favorably at this level, I think he'll be fine. And 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 there's a willingness to improve as well. As frustrating as it may be in mid July, uh, I think uh, down the road, Dalen Terry is a guy who can be a very good benefit uh, to the league as a whole and uh, the team that he directly plays for. Uh, so so and and he was drafted at a good place on a team that. Is solid to good already. Right, and those are qualities that I think really help him out. He does, hey, do Mike. He doesn't have to do too much in the early stages, and once he understands what it is that works for him, then he can develop and progress a little bit. Very similar to the way that he did last year at Arizona. At Arizona. Yeah, and and so yeah, I think there's a there's. And it's kind of weird. It sounds like we're talking out of two sides of our mouths. Right, for sure. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, how Ben Matherin is awesome. He's incredible. He's the greatest player in the history of forever in the summer league. Therefore, you know, how, how dare anyone didn't take him number one. And then Terry, well, you know, it's okay. Pump the brakes a little bit. Terry will be just fine. But I think ultimately they'll, all that said, they'll hopefully both be just fine and represent Arizona at the next level very well.
0: All right, now Christian Coloco is putting up about ten and seven. Um, he's another guy that I think it's going to take him a little bit of time. I I know we've talked about this, but I can't remember exactly what you said. What kind of pro do you expect Coloco to be? Because you were ahead of the curve on Coloco, I was not. You were.
1: Well, defensively, I I, I think he has a he has a a skill set that allows him to be very beneficial on that side of the floor is he rudy gobert maybe rudy gobert light right but i think he may be able to play the perimeter defensively a little bit better which is helpful again i don't necessarily especially in the early stages of his career i don't expect coloco to be a guy who you run any real plays for right. other than maybe the occasional pick and roll at the rim right. uh, But more often than not uh coloco and i was wrong about this at the college level because occasionally coloco showed that he could score Uh, But at the professional level, I would expect him to be a defender and rebounder, a guy who can help you get out on the break. And uh, maybe uh, the points that he gets are as a result of offensive rebounds, maybe in fast break transition. That's my uh, Coloco has a skill set that plays. Uh, My issue is one that's a little bit different than yours and i think you and i see things a little bit differently here and if it's something i have glasses funny.
0: schuster does not so that's why you want to listen to schuster on this
1: no i don't know if you want to uh do you uh a- a- anyway I'll, I'll i'll ramble here i was wondering if you wanted to take a break or something yeah, no
0: no you go and then we'll go you go right. and you go
1: all right sounds good I just don't know the format of this show anymore.
0: Don't worry, I've got it down. I will go like this. Oh, that's
1: that's that's all I need. In the radio
0: industry, that means to break.
1: That means to break. Also, this is kind of an inside. Uh, this is an inside baseball, behind the scenes sort of thing, uh, with our pal Nate Rady, who used to do what you did over at the old radio station when I was broadcasting post game shows. Nate Rady would do this all the time, and I would never listen to him. And it would drive him bonkers, <laughs> absolutely bonkers. So I would, I would run long on a break, knowing that I was going to come back in the next break, give a score, and then go to another commercial break right. and get us back on track. Drove, drove Mr. Rady nuts, which was fantastic in and of itself. So, so when you do that, be prepared. I'll just continue to ramble. Um, my issue with Coloco is the mental thing. You have talked a lot about how Tommy Lloyd dealt with Coloco very well Above the neck because he supported him on a fairly regular basis. And uh, that was something that allowed Coloco to flourish and develop because he wasn't being beaten down all the time. And Coloco doesn't have the personality at this stage Uh, to be able to adapt to that particularly well. So if you beat down on him and constantly criticize him, he kind of goes into wallflower mode and then isn't an effective player for you. Whereas if you build him up and say, this is what you need to do, get it done, everything's okay, it's cool, uh, then Coloco has a better opportunity to flourish. In the NBA, where there's money on the line and results are important— uh, if Coloco doesn't play well, I think it behooves him to either himself mature and understand that he's going to have to deal with some legitimate criticism that isn't very nice and isn't very supportive and isn't quote unquote loving. Right. Or he's going to have to have somebody who's a buffer that supports him a little bit at this level. And if that happens and they realize this, then Coloco can benefit as a result. That is and has always been my biggest concern about Coloco at the next level. Not that he doesn't have the skill set to play at the next level, not that he isn't able, not that he can't guard four positions theoretically on the floor and be a capable pro. But when things don't go well for him and he gets yelled at, how is he going to respond? And if he's at a point where he knows that that's part and parcel to the landscape and he responds well, then that's good news. But if he doesn't, then, you know, that could be a real problem that uh, needs to be addressed. And the way that it's addressed, I think, could be interesting to see.
0: Okay, now, let's talk about Rock Auto. One thing with Rock Auto is that you don't need to worry about anything. If you basically, you know what, John Schuster, sometimes I get ahead of myself. Mm -hmm. Tell people about Rock Auto.
1: Well, let me tell you about Rock Auto, Mike, Luke. I'd be happy to do so. First off, rockauto.com. That's pretty easy. You know how to spell rock. You know how to spell auto. You put the two words together, add a .com, and you'll find the website. When you find the website, then you'll be able to search for a bunch of parts. Those parts will come to you. They'll often come to you at a cheaper price. They'll be delivered to you. The convenience will be great. Now, from there, you can decide how it is you want to put that part in your car. Can you do it yourself? Can you find a mechanic who does it for you? Whatever that avenue is, uh, Rock Auto makes the part finding process a heck of a lot easier and hopefully in the long term, a lot more fiscally responsible as well.
0: And like you said, a lot of people that like to do their own stuff, like a John Schuster, that's where you look at it and you say to yourself, you know what? If a John Schuster can do it, I can do it. We're gonna take and a quick, true. We're gonna take a quick break. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, Schuster, we talked about these guys that have gone on to the NBA riches. What is your biggest concern for next year's Arizona basketball team?
1: Uh, Defense and athleticism, probably.
0: Right, right.
1: (laughs) uh, Did I go out on a limb there, Mike? Right. Right. No, not really. (laughs) Let's see. You lose Coloco, a seven-footer who can run the floor and uh, helps you defensively on the interior. Uh, you have a guy with length and athleticism who sees the floor in Daylon Terry. And you have a guy in Ben Matherin who can jump out of the gym and perhaps score 30 points a game if you need him to. Hmm. right and you lose those three, all of whom are superior athletes, what might be arizona's concern this year? correct
0: well i can't even imagine
1: i can't even none of us can possibly imagine that uh so so yeah that is uh obviously uh something that arizona and a lot of really good college basketball teams ultimately have to deal with and it i think one of the things that'll be fascinating throughout the term uh throughout the course of last year lets you and I I apologize again for using the Gonzaga comparison, but I'm going to use. No, you comparison.
0: should use the Gonzaga comparison. It's well, a very apropos comparison. Well,
1: here's here here's where the apropos comparison is going this time. The year before, Gonzaga was considered the number one team in the country all the way through. They were trying to you know run the table and go undefeated, and obviously lost a Baylor, who was the other really good team in the country. Those two teams are the two best right. teams in the country, and the way that the tournament played itself out worked in a way that allowed the two of them to play each other in the national championship game. And Baylor on that night showed that it was a better basketball team. However, on that team for Gonzaga, they had Jalen Suggs and, uh, there was another, really, Suggs.
0: you all also had, um, uh, a
1: really instrumental good player that helped them athletically. Yes.
0: And, um, uh, yeah, I know you're talking about, yeah. Uh,
1: so the following year when Gonzaga was a number one seed, uh, I never really felt that Gonzaga was as good last year as the year that they had Jalen Sucks. And I thought at some point they were going to recognize or discover, discover is probably a better word, that not having a guy of that talent is going to be a problem for you. And it turned out to be, I think, that that was probably true a very good season, but last year's Gonzaga team just wasn't as good as the year before. Jalen Suggs was a guy who had a lot to do with that, and Suggs was, what, a top-five pick? A lot of that makes sense. So this year's Arizona team, to me, feels very similar. I think there's reason to believe they could overachieve. Lloyd's system in the regular season works, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I think it's one of those things where you can have a lot of wins game-to-game-to-game, in a regular season, but once you get into, you know, the tournament and, uh, you know, those sorts of things, you might discover that there's, that talent needs to step up. And that's probably an area that Arizona has, is it, it, going to find difficult. It's not just, you don't magically replace Mather and Terry and Coloco in one recruiting class. I right. think and just think you're going to, you know, yeah, there's reloading, but then there's also a little bit of reality that goes to it. I would not be surprised if Arizona's a top four seed heading into the NCAA tournament next Okay. And we're talking about how Arizona overachieved in the regular season. And I would not be surprised as a result, of course, saying this nine months out, uh, if Arizona does not have a particularly good tournament run either. Um, But there are two guys on the roster who I think are instrumental. Uh, one on the inside in Ballo, and the other guy is Ball. And 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 those two guys need to fill positions to try to close the gap as much as they can uh, to give Arizona the best chance it can to be effective uh, in the long run, from game to game over the course of twenty two and 23.
0: Are we at the point where you know what I'm going to? Well, let's take a let's take a quick break right here. I want to tell talk to you first though about Built Bar, Built Bar. You look at the strongest teams out there, and you think to yourself, man, how did they get that advantage? I had never thought about this until John Schuster brought it up. When you think of the Pac-12 South, and you think strength, you think brawn, you think burliness, you think Utah.
1: Oh, you, cert- you certainly do.
0: Where is, where is Biltbar Bar based out of? Utah. Not only are they consuming a high level protein product, they also obviously enjoy it as well, which is half the battle. So, again, check it out right there. Uh, you can go to GNC. John Schuster likes the blueberry. What do you got there, by John? The
1: way, by the way, before you continue, do you know what yesterday was? Yesterday was National Blueberry Muffin Day.
0: Right. Interesting.
1: What is uh, Bilt Bar's? What best, is yeah, it's their bread best bread
0: one. one. Let's be honest here. It's their best one. Hey,
1: yeah. So, right. you it might as well be national. Built bar blueberry muffin day almost every day for you.
0: Watch this. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. You made an interesting point there, John Schuster. We're talking about Arizona basketball for this coming season. I am of the point now where it's again, I'm not comparing Tommy Lloyd to Lud Olson. I'll allow you to compare Mark Few to Lud Olson. But I am not comparing Tommy Lloyd to Lute Olsen, let me be clear here. But I do wonder, are we at the point where he's such a good coach and we have to have we should have enough faith in his roster construction that Arizona pretty much every year is going to be a top 25 team. It's just if they're going to be elite or if they're going to be 15
1: to 25?
0: No. Oh, all no, right, go no, ahead.
1: No, because we're only in year 2. So, we but wait, you've been following well. the Gonzaga
0: fact you've been following from a long Okay, go ahead.
1: And 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 you know, I think if you had asked this question in 1988 or 89 about Lute Olson in Arizona, I'm not sure the answer would have been different either. We wouldn't have known that answer until about 1994 or 1993 right. when Arizona was still trying to, you know, when Arizona was still somehow winning regular season tournaments and the rest of it and ended up being ranked higher because their system worked really well. And in the regular season, they, they played game to game to game very well. Is it likely that we're moving in that direction? Clearly, I believe so, but in just year two, I don't know. And, and, and can he recruit? Does the recruiting work? Can he, do the pieces fit together? I know the, I know the track record and his participation at Gonzaga is significant. And if I were a betting man at you know some place like Bet Online, Bet Online
0: yes, Bet Online Sportsbook. Uh,
1: yes, thank you for the right ad- for, for, for for the right website address there. Uh, then I would. L- heavily lean in the direction of uh, Tommy Lloyd being that kind of coach for Arizona. And I think even with whatever the dynamic is happening with mega conferences and not this conference and where the hell Arizona is even going to be next week, let alone 10 years from now, I think because Lloyd has connections to an international market that has a lot better talent than it used to, that bodes well for the U of A. I think the system as difficult as it, as it is to defend, is relatively easy to teach. And those things help Arizona get a little bit ahead of the curve as well. So I don't think we're – I think we're talking semantics. More likely right. than not, you are correct. We're at the point where Arizona is going to be a major factor on the national stage on a consistent year-to-year basis, but still just being being at the onset of year two, you know, there are still legitimately some questions out there, I think. <laughs>
0: All right. John Schuster, the pro that he is. We're approaching that 20-minute mark right there. Shoe, really appreciate you hopping on right here. I'm Mike Luke. We will be back with you soon. You've been listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast.